Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Okay, so this is episode two of a conversation with Matt Terrio. If you haven't listened to episode one, go back uh, and listen to it because it will flow right into this episode. And in all honesty, it is awesome. This is one of my like favorite episodes that we've done, uh, like my favorite interviews with Matt Terrio, and uh, I was super excited about it anyway. And go back, listen to uh, part one, and then this is part two. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, and so this is the battle I'm going with in my head. So I can, I guess, I'll just uh, leverage you right now to talk about leverage. So sure. Would you? Uh, for for buying these properties, like a lot of the Canadians they offer us uh, lower leverage rates than you you as an American would get, right? So mm-hmm. um, we can still get eighty loan to value, but a lot of times they're offering us seventy or sixty five. Um, my my battle in my head is: Do I leverage these properties? Like extremely leverage them to make uh, a pile of cash out of it right because i'll get if i'm doing a refinance right so if i refinance the property um let's just do some actual real numbers so that it makes more sense mm-hmm. right so say sure. i was buying uh, a seventy thousand dollar property and the arv is one hundred forty thousand dollars. um okay. if i leverage that all the way up to the, like you know put an 80 percent loan to value on it i'd be getting like a hundred twenty thousand dollar loan ish right which mm-hmm. would mean my cash flow would be lower, but I would end up getting paid to buy the property. Would it make mm-hmm. more sense to put a lower loan to value on it to have more cash flow uh, instead of the pile of cash? But the thing is, I'm, I'm personally planning on taking the cash to recycle into more properties. So would you, would you go for more leverage or would you go for cash flow in that? Well, you said, what would it make sense? Yeah. Right? What would make the most sense? So what what's going to make the most sense depends on how fast you want to get there. Okay. So what leverage does for us in real estate, it does something that is really not available to the average person in any other investment class. It's what makes real estate so powerful. It's what makes it the wealth creator that it is. Um, yes, you can increase your cash flow by leveraging more. Um you can increase your equity by leveraging less. What also leverage does for you is it gives you the ability to actually control an asset, which is something that's really underrated. And when it comes to real estate, there's other asset, or excuse me, other um, profit centers working for you besides just the cash flow. And one of the biggest, I mean, there's there, there, there's appreciation, obviously. That's what everybody kind of looks at when they look at real estate. There's depreciation. I don't know how the taxes work in Canada, but we get a, a good little break here in the States for having that. But the, the other biggest one, and obviously you got the cash flow, yeah. but the other big one is the amortization. You've got a rental property with somebody living in it, paying you money to make your mortgage payment every single month. So that essentially that tenant is buying the property for you. And if you did it right, there's even a little bit of money left over for you each month yep. that we call cash flow, right? So there, I just don't know of another investment out there where someone else is going to buy it for you and you get all the benefits of the ownership. So <clears throat> I would leverage as much as you possibly can so you can control as much as you can. So if you go in that scenario that you gave, you go and buy this property and you get to take this chunk of cash out to go put it in another property – I'd say that do that all day long. Okay, just make sure that that property is going to pay you more than what it costs you to use the the money, the debt. 
to service that debt. That would be the, the two caveats. And then, so now that you're growing and do that as much as you possibly can, as much as your banks will allow you to do until, um, until you reach the number of that passive income that's going to set you free, that your cash flow number. And once you got there, and if you're satisfied with it, now you can start eliminating the debt to preserve what you've built. So maximize leverage to build, eliminate leverage to preserve is my rule of thumb. There's obviously, what about this? Well, there's always exceptions yeah. Oh, yeah. in there, yeah. right? But um, I don't really base my life on exceptions. I base on you know, how, the, how the numbers play out for most people. Okay, one last thing, I think, before we start to wrap this up, because I do a nice short episode. Memphis, I got I got thinking about it. I wrote it down on my page, because I started mm -hmm. thinking about, because we were talking about, originally, uh, lessons learned. And I remember a story that you were talking about Memphis. Yeah, so when we first got started, Memphis was our, our first big market. Actually, we were in Danville, Illinois, but then uh, Memphis was like our first big operation that was all ours. And uh, I couldn't believe there's fifty, sixty thousand dollar houses that would rent for seven, eight hundred bucks. I just thought that was ridiculous. I was like, this is better than multifamily, you know. So we went down there. We bought a bunch ourselves. We built our team of a real estate agent, a contractor, and a property manager. And Mercedes and I were one hundred percent focused on our own portfolio. And just naturally, when you're doing something like that to that size, you start talking about it, and people start asking you about it, right? Yep. And uh, People said, well, could you get us one? Could you get us one? And that's how Cashflow Savvy and our turnkey operation was born, was just people asking us to do it for them. And we didn't even know what turnkey was at the time when we were doing this. I don't even know if it was a word. Um, but uh, we did that. So we picked up about 40 of our own, and we had about 60, I think, uh, for our clients that we were representing. And our management company, our team, did all of it for us. And to what you were alluding to or what you mentioned, that property manager passed away and here we are in California and we've got almost a hundred properties under that guy's management that's no longer with us and we are uh, in what four or five six states over so yep. that was that was a big crisis for us we're like oh crap what do we do now I never had thought of that like what if our property manager gets hit by a bus what are we gonna do <laughs> you know <laughs> well he got hit by a bus figuratively and um, we had to figure out what we we're gonna do so we went out there and we just started we we're in such a panic mode because, you know, we have our clients' properties that we were responsible for. And a lot of those properties we had guaranteed rents on in the, in the beginning is how we used to run our business. So we knew we, each month we were going to have to give out a big chunk if we couldn't collect. Yep. So we found a property manager who said he could take, the, take on the job, no problem. Took all 100 properties and we're like, whew, we can sleep. Oh, within two months, he was out of business. Like he wasn't prepared to take on that volume. We found someone else. And they just, they started and then they just quit. They said, no, here, you can have your keys back. And just gave it all back to us. And then we finally found someone who stabilized everything. But here we are, I don't know, what was that, seven years ago or something? Yeah. To this day, stuff still creeps up and like stings us like, oh, crap, we got to write a check for that now. And of stuff that we're not even involved in anymore, just to, you know, take the high road and do what's right. Um, but what that alluded to, that big painful lesson was now that we're in 10 different markets, we make sure that we have at least two teams in every single market. So we've got two property managers, two contractors, and two realtors at least. Some We have three in every single market. And so we are prepared for that this time. Yep. And, and what most people won't tell you about cash flow, they won't even tell you this about real estate because a lot of people think real estate is risky. Real estate is not risky. It's not risky at all. It's the people that are risky. 
So it's the property manager that's going to produce the cash flow, not the property, right? If the property itself is not going to produce cash flow. So when you're out looking for investment properties and income properties, do as much due diligence on the person that's going to manage it for you as you do the property yourself. Everyone's focused on the on the foundation or the electrical and the roof and like, oh, I don't want that property. And, and it's like, well, you got to do that type of investigation and due diligence on the person that's going to manage it for you as well. I totally agree. I've that was another it. lesson. So you asked that. <laughs> Yeah. That's an additional answer to the three questions ago. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's great. So what does your business look like now? Sure. We, we have our own portfolio, and you know, when something comes up, we, we'll go ahead and, and add another property here or there to the portfolio. Um, we have a turnkey operation, now that I know what it's called, where we help busy professionals build cash flowing portfolios so they can retire sooner. Yep. And so that's the second part of our business. And we do have um, an educational aspect where we show people how to do what we do. And um, that has actually turned into also a little bit of deal flow for us as well because our, our clients will come in, they'll find a deal, and they don't know what to do with it. And then we can either come in and lend the money or help them with their exit strategy. So that turns into a profit center for us as well. So that's kind of what it looks like today. It's, it's the, the, the real hustle and the, and the real grind has slowed down quite a bit. But um, we just still keep doing what we've always been doing and continue to grow. Do you still have that? I remember there was a fund you were talking about a couple of years ago on the show. Yeah, we do have the, the Epic Wealth Fund still. And that's pretty much where that's the umbrella that covers Mercedes and I, our own personal investing. Okay. okay. So if you wanted to buy shares in that, it's for accredited investors only. It's not a good fit for most people. Yeah. That's why I didn't even mention it, but um, yeah, that's there as well. I've always been on the fence about doing uh, doing your education, but that, like we were talking beforehand, it was always uh, whether this would work for Canadians. Would, would doing your your mm-hmm. wholesaling courses work? Sure. You know, I, I in in October I put together this pilot program because you know I've done a number of of interviews and conversations like what I, what I'm having with you right now, and one of the standard questions is. You know, if you if you lost it all and had to start all over, what? How would you restart, right? I said I'd probably start the exact same way that I did, and because I got started with almost no money and uh, you know no credit, because I just got out of the Marine Corps or not Marine Corps. Um, I did get out of the Marine Corps, but I just ended the. Uh, I was in the music business music for fifteen. Business, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when that digital download came along and turned the whole thing upside down, uh, I was divorced and bankrupt, so I had no credit score to speak of. So I had to figure it out. I had to get really. Uh, become very resourceful and in, in, uh, exercise my ingenuity. And so I built, I got asked that so many times, I built a little free course around it as a little pet pilot project. And so it's how to go and do this business with little to no money. And um, so that you, that might be of, of, of use to somebody. I would imagine as long as you can buy and sell in your country, I think uh, all these principles would still apply. And that's at freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. For me, if I can uh, use some of these techniques to get some discounts on some properties in the United States too, then uh, it, it, I'm sure the course would pay for itself probably on the first deal. Yeah, well, it's it's free, so it'd be hard for it not to pay for itself. Oh yeah, it's just, <laughs> didn't you um, didn't you add a price to it and then they get it refunded or something? They you change yeah, well, the format. Yeah, we call it. A, this is what what I did is that over the years. You know, people reach out to you through the internet because of the podcast, because of our YouTube channel, and they'll they'll send me a little private message with a big heartbreaking sob story of how they just need help and if 
if I would just let them in and give them a scholarship, so to speak, yeah. that they would they'd pay me back with their first deal. And that happens, I don't know, six to ten times a year for the last decade. And, you know, it's not our main income stream. I have no problem. You know, I'm happy to help you out. I've let so many people in to do that. And not one person, not one, have I ever heard from again. And whether they were successful or not, I don't know. But um, when I put this course together, I was like, I'm just going to make it free. And I started thinking about it. And I started thinking about the correlation between my clients, those that have actually paid me the most, get the most success, right? And I don't know if it's like that much better um, education, but I think there's just a higher level of commitment. And we do a lot of stuff for them, so there's a lot of done-for-you parts up there. But um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make you uh, jump through one small little hoop for my free course. I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to allow you to make a pledge to yourself to complete the course. And if you complete the course, I'll give you double your money back. And so that that's what the course is, just 100 bucks. It's, it's like nothing, right? Oh, yeah. But um, I know giving it away for free wasn't going to make a bit of difference for people. And so that was back in October. Here we are, what, five months later? Yep. And uh, in the, it's called the Your First Deal course. And uh, here we are five months later, and people are getting their first deals done. I'm like, see? And they all stick around, and there's like 800 of us in there now. And, that, and that's like part of my favorite little community. I meet with them once a month, and I'm about to meet with them about an hour, right, virtually all from all over the country. And, uh, you know, I only committed to once a month, and now I'm in there two times a month. And then I do these Facebook Lives in there all the time now. And it's just fun to watch people actually go to work and get the results. So, yes, there's a $100 pledge. I hold on to it. I don't need your $100, and I'll give it back to you double when you complete the course. And if anyone's wondering why would you do that, it's because uh, you make good testimonials for me in my, in my marketing. So if you want to be a case study, that's a good place to start. Excellent. Matt, this was a one. This is an amazing episode. I there's so much value in this. Um, if people wanted to find you online, Instagram, iTunes, where do, where do they go? Oh, unfortunately, I wasn't the first person to get at Epic Real Estate on all social media platforms. <laughs> but uh, I think it's it's it is Epic Real Estate on Instagram, um, Epic REI Investing on Twitter. I think um, just go to EpicRealEstate.com. I did get that domain name. Yep. So that's where everything starts. And then if you're listening to this podcast, you'll probably find mine. That's Epic Real Estate Investing. Perfect. I'll, add all, I'll, I'll go to the website and I'll add as much as I can to the show notes and people can uh, track you down there. Super. Oh, you know, we're, we're deploying a whole bunch right now, just for over the last 18 months now. We've been taking our, our YouTube channel much more seriously. So we've been taking kind of the podcast but adding visuals to it. And uh, just with a little bit more better experience and more educational experience. So if you want to go to epicrei.tv, that's the YouTube channel. Perfect. Thank you so much time for your time, uh, Matt. You bet. Thanks, Glenn.